The internet gives us a lot of advice, like a lot. Everybody seems to be on there sharing their two cents or 10 cents on what to do and what not to do and why. <laughs> and funny enough, a lot of it actually does contradict itself, which leaves the rest of us out here kind of scratching our heads as to like, well, which one's right? Which way are we supposed to go? But within all of this, there are still two things that remain very true about building a profitable solo business. Number one, you need to sell something. And number two, you need to promote yourself and the thing that you sell. Online, you also hear a lot of people talking about how you need to provide value. And that, that word value has become this buzzword over the past several years as like the staple of what you need to be doing in order to be successful. But if you're just getting started or thinking about the process of maybe building your own one-person business and you hear everybody talking about provide value, you have to provide value. For a lot of us, we're asking ourselves, how? What does that mean? How do we provide value? You know, in order to provide value, you must first know the problem that you're aiming to solve. And this goes for the content that you make and then also the things that you sell. And so as a quick kind of bullet point of what we're going to get into here today, the problem, <laughs> the problem that we're aiming to solve today with this video, with this entry, is the fact that not knowing what problem to solve is the problem. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird as I word it that way, but not knowing what problem we're solving is the problem we aim to face today and hopefully provide some solutions. And here is the major solution that I'm going to share with you today is look backwards to go forward. And I'll explain that obviously through the rest of today in this video. And the benefit of this whole thing is that solving your own problems turns into new offers and marketing material for your brand. So today I'm gonna to show you how solving your own problems is the ticket to building a great solo business. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to the M&M Podcast, where I drop weekly tips and insights to empower your one-person business growth as I learn what works and what doesn't along my own solo business journey. With an emphasis on content creation, marketing, and overall principles of success, this show is built to be a resource that fuels your effort in building the life and the business that you've always wanted. My name's Evan Shank, a dad, a husband, and also a full-time operator of my own one-person business, where every single day I'm making a lot of mistakes, having a handful of wins, and sharing everything I learn along the way. Thanks for being here, and welcome to the show. Okay, before I start giving you all of the tips and tricks and everything that I really want to share with you, we need to open up the archive of my journey, of Evan's journey, and I'm going to use a few things as kind of the crash test dummy that should save you some time and energy moving forward. I will share that my first attempts at all of this sucked, and this is exactly why. When I began to post content online, the goal was to build an audience and have that fuel my business. But with, without realizing it, I was doing at least a few things that would ultimately leave me feeling deflated, burnt out, bitter, and ultimately questioning my own existence as a self-employed solo, solo business owner. I just almost wanted to just throw in the towel, give up, because I thought, uh, I just suck. I don't have it figured out. Clearly, I'm not cut out for this, so on and so forth. The self-deprecating, self-defeating thoughts started to enter into my veins, you know, but here were some of the major problems and I'm gonna share three of them with you so that hopefully you don't make the same mistakes that I have. The first problem was 
I was really focused on the wrong goalpost, and I didn't even know this at the time. I was too focused on convincing the world that I knew what I was talking about. And really, the reason for that is it was my own insecurities and the feelings of imposter imposter syndrome was really creeping in, you know, because I was new to the space and starting to hit post online for the first time talking about things. And I was convinced that I needed to get the world to see me as an expert. And I didn't realize that I was actually screwing myself out of the opportunity to build trust with the very people that I was desperate to help. And I see this happen a lot. When promoting yourself online, demonstrating your skills and expertise and building trust are key elements to establishing an engaged audience. However, and here's the ticket, I felt as though I had to prove my expertise first in order to gain people's trust. And although that may be true to an extent, there are other ways to build trust while you actively work on building your own expertise and the perceived authority that starts to come with it. Looking back, I now realize that this was one of my major hangups that kept me from finding the growth and engagement that I was so eager to obtain. I wanted the trust, so I felt like I had to be an expert first. And because I just didn't have enough time in the saddle, I wasn't an expert at the thing that I wanted to ultimately become an expert in, that I was trying to position myself as something that I wasn't. Because, like I said, I wanted the trust. I wanted people to really think that I had their back, which was that's true from the get-go. That's always been the case. This has not been like a selfish venture. I've always wanted to be helpful and provide that value like we were talking about earlier. But I just kind of had it backwards. I felt like I had to do the expert thing in order for people to trust me. But in order for people to trust you, here's the ticket. You just be yourself. You just be honest. You just communicate clearly. You communicate your values. You communicate your intentions. And you share that you're learning things along the way. That's the hack to this whole thing. But because I've seen so many people struggle in the same department, I know that at the beginning, you may be wrestling with this very same thing. And I don't want that to happen for you. Because of this whole thing that I went through with this problem specifically, the result was that I just felt really scattered. I felt really scattered. I didn't know what content to make uh, because I wasn't getting the engagement from trying to sound like an expert. And I didn't feel like an expert, but I, you know, I felt like I had to step into that as much as I could. It was just this very scattered, which way is up, which way is down type of feeling. The second major problem that I dealt with that I want to help you avoid for yourself is that I was way too broad on who I aimed to reach. You know, at the beginning of your social media and content creation journey, you're happy to get attention from anybody. Anyone who's willing to listen and hopefully follow or subscribe, like we're just over the moon about that, right? It's that feedback that we were looking for. And although seeing this positive feedback in the form of engagement online feels nice, the more important question to ask is, who am I trying to reach using my content as a means of connection? You know, for me, in the beginning, I didn't care who it was. I was purely chasing likes and views. <laughs> You know, it sounds pretty surface level and, you know, like not very deep and it's just kind of almost a self-serving type thing. But like we, this is where we all start. And even further into our journey, that doesn't go away. You love to see the feedback of positive comments and likes and seeing things trend into the algorithm. All of that makes us feel good. It makes us, it validates us. 
you know, but because I didn't prioritize the type of person that I wanted to reach, I didn't have any clue as to what content I should be making. And the byproduct of this is something that we all face at some point, and it becomes this lack of direction in which platforms should we be on, what social media like channels should we be hitting post and upload on, what type of content should we be posting on those platforms, and then what is the topics to focus on as your main core topics. Because when you dabble with everything and you're just going based off of like, okay, well, let's see which one trends, that's not going to set you up to be successful necessarily in your solo business pursuit. And that's the thing that pays the bills. That's the thing that um, that you built with your bare hands. Unless you're just going for like trends and audience growth and it's not tied back to a business that you're trying to build, then I'd say do whatever you want, I guess. But this is all within the lens and the context of solo business owners trying to build something meaningful, right? And take it from me, the more broad you allow yourself to be, the more scattered, again, that you're inevitably gonna feel. But there is a brief contradiction to this point, which I kind of just started to mention, but this whole principle does go out the window. If you're either highly established already online, you have a lot of following, people, you're already known for something specific, and then you can broaden your scope off of that. Or if you're just making content for fun and it's not tied to a business and it's just more of a hobby-esque type of pursuit, then have fun with it. You know, If either of those things are the case, then do whatever you want. But for most of us, a problem is that we are way too broad on who we're aiming to reach. And what happens is just this result of dire confusion. So now we feel scattered, at least I did, and then I was confused on top of that. You know, it was just, I felt almost as if I was like, you know, doing a lot of like work. I was putting a lot of energy into creating posts, creating content, putting myself out there in the right way, experimenting with all sorts of things. And I wasn't getting that engagement. I wasn't seeing any sort of like, momentum from anything. And so it's almost like running in place or <laughs> it was very dizzying in the sense of it's almost like you stand still and spin as fast as you possibly can. And you just keep going and keep going because you're hoping for something to pop. And then really, once you stop, you just feel really dizzy, you're disoriented. And the only movement that's happened is literally just putting footprints into the very like square foot of gra- of space below your feet, right? And at that point, the next step you need is to run to the puke bucket. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen for you. And here's the third problem that I had. And then we'll start to turn this ship into like looking at solutions, okay? The third problem, which kind of dovetails into some of the other things we've already talked about, but I pretended to know more than I did And this is an area of controversy, or at least it can be. You know, I have mentioned, if you followed me for any length of time, I've mentioned in the past that for better or for worse, I really adopted the fake it till you make it approach when first jumping into solopreneurship. It's kind of been, it's kind of been my thing for a lot of my life. And the truth is, anytime you're starting something new, you don't know anything. And so the only way to build skills is to keep showing up. But if there are hurdles at the beginning of that course, you know, the, at the beginning of your journey there, you have to strap up and kind of force yourself to fake it in a sense. You have to like adopt the mentality of whatever it is, you know. So I've done that in other pursuits in my life. And so it was no, it was no surprise to myself or anybody, you know, nearby that was watching me jump into one person business ownership 
the whole fake it till you make it approach was definitely alive and well. And I will say in some ways, that whole mentality is brave and noble, while in many ways, it can be very brave and dumb. Huge difference there. You know, I was fully aware of what I was doing with this because it had worked for me in the past with getting new freelance clients. And yes, I did a great job for every client I ever had, and I have testimonials to verify and prove that that was the case. But I would have never been able to make this jump because I started as a freelancer. I would have never been able to be successful in that area, I suppose, if I wouldn't have, you know, picked up the phone and had those first consultation calls where I had to pretend and act as though I could really take care of them and with their email marketing needs because that's what it was that I was doing at the time. And I'll never forget those first phone calls, those first consultations. And so, yeah, you have to kind of fake it, you know? And so because it worked there and then obviously I built my skills and then I wasn't faking it. It was genuinely a part of who I was and the skills that I had so I could be more confident in the solutions I could provide and also the prices, the rates that I could charge, you know, for the services that I provided. And because I've, because it's worked in the past for me, I figured that the same bold approach would work when it came to content online, promoting yourself online, building an audience online. But when it comes to marketing yourself via posting content online, the faking it thing does not work. People can see right through this BS online. And the result was that I felt like an imposter even more. And that sucks. That's hard to get over. And granted, there is a difference between intentionally presenting yourself in a specific manner and outright lying. I am not advocating in what in any capacity here to just be a liar, to say you're going to do something, to say you're going to sell this thing that does this for people, and then they buy it and they feel like they got, you know, that you just screwed them out of their money. You know, like I said, as a freelancer, I got better as I went. And even with that very first freelance gig, you know what I did when I got off the call and it sounded like we were going to, you know, shake hands on it and I was going to take this gig on? You know what I did? I stayed up all night for the next several nights learning, learning how to do the thing that they needed me to do. And then I put my own spin on it. And here's the critical difference, Come, kind of jumping off my notes here for a second. I think this is worth saying on this whole fake it till you make it and where this applies and where it doesn't apply. This is this is critical, and I've just recently been learning this. When you're having a phone call with somebody, I use that example of my first consultation call with uh, a small business out somewhere in like, I think it's in Missouri or something. It was like a franchise convenience store needed some help with some email marketing things. Just a very small project, but nonetheless, that was kind of the context of what we were doing. On that phone call, I was able to ask him a lot of qualifying questions to kind of understand the scope of work, to understand what he's tried before in the past, to understand where he's at in the process. How how hands-on does he want to be with this or how hands-off does he want to be? Does he just want to pay somebody to get it done or does he want to be a part of the the uh, me working on the solution, like asking all of these qualifying questions. And through that, because it was a conversation between one real human being him and one real human being me, there's you're able to build rapport. You know, we, we talked about things that weren't business there for five to 10 minutes or so as well. We build up some sort of rapport to where, you know, you, you have a sense of, I guess you could say trust 
yeah, I suppose you could say trust, but there's there's a sense of familiarity and understanding and then trust that comes from that. So when you're faking it, like the whole fake it till you make it, when you're able to have one-on-one conversations with people or very closed circle conversations where even if you are at the beginning of your journey and you don't really know what you're doing, but you're ambitious and you're ready to learn and you're willing to put in the extra work in the grind that it's going to take to become successful in this area, and you compare that with having a real conversation with the people that you're gonna be working on behalf of, the people that will be cutting you the check at the end of the day, this principle can really apply. It all goes back to where your heart's at and what your true intention is. If you're truly trying to build something for yourself and become valuable more and more and more, to more people over the course of this new career that you're jumping into, then by all means, you're gonna have to step up to the plate and take those first calls. You're going to have to, you know, put yourself in the mentality as though you are already doing it successfully, even though this is your first time doing it. That's when it does apply. But when we're online, when we're promoting ourselves online, you don't get the chance to build rapport. You don't get the chance to ask qualifying questions. You're just putting out content and stating something to the world. And whether it's educational or entertainment type content, like the fact is, especially on the education side and going back to me trying to act like an expert when I wasn't, that whole thing, when you're doing this online, you don't get the chance to build rapport. You don't get chance for people to like know your your true heart's intentions. And because there's so many phonies on, on the internet and so many people have been screwed over by the stuff that they've read, heard, or, you know, subscribed to through the internet. Everybody kind of has like their hand up in a way, like kind of stiff arming the world when they're going through our, when they're going through the feeds on their phone. So if they've never seen your face before and all of a sudden you pop up as an Instagram reel or a YouTube short or, you know, whatever it may be, and you aren't actually an expert, but you're pretending to be an expert, they're gonna be able to sense that really easy and you're not gonna get the engagement that you're looking for. And it's gonna make you feel like you suck even more than you already felt before you hit post, right? So that's just something that's really worth expanding on here for a moment and understanding the the dichotomy and the discernment of when to do this and when not to do this, okay? It kind of just, that taps into just a life principle of just, practicing discernment, starting to learn when when do you push on the gas with things? When do you break? When do you pivot? When do you push through the brick wall? When do you turn left? When do you turn right? That's it's a it's that that's gray subject matter right there. That's really hard for us to uh, give definitive answers on. It's all contextualized around you, your journey, strengths, weaknesses, support, uh financial runway, time that you have in your, like a million different things. So anyway, I digress. So after a few months with all of these problems that I was just sharing with you, after a few months of literally no traction, I realized that I was just missing the mark. And a lot of people blame the algorithm. They say they got shadow banned or that the algorithm is just not serving them up and woe is me. It's, you know, my life sucks because of them, not because of me, (laughs) you know, blame shifting all the time. The fact is, it wasn't the algorithm's fault. It was mine. And what I should have done is look backwards to move forward. And when I finally did so, my perspective began to shift and everything became easier. So here's the trick. Hey, real quick. 
I've done a bunch of research on what helps podcasts like this grow, and the data continues to prove that this one thing can make or break your show, and that is audience engagement. So I have one small ask that requires almost nothing from you, but would mean everything to me if you could do the following. If you're watching this on YouTube, please tap the like button and then subscribe to the channel. And no, because you subscribed doesn't mean that I'm going to blow up your feed from now on. But if you're catching this episode on your favorite podcast streaming, but if you're catching this episode on a different podcast streaming app, be sure to rate the show from your device and consider following the show as well. Those quick actions take about three seconds and it directly supports this content and my business. All done with it? Awesome. Let's jump back into the show. The trick is revisit the you from a year ago. Like go back to where you were a year ago. And here's a quote on on that topic that I, I put this tweet up recently and people seem to like it. I don't have a huge following, so it's not like there's huge like huge engagement behind it, but you know, it was good for me at least. And what I just put up is the best person for you to help is the one who is currently trapped in the very trenches where you were once stuck. I'll say it one more time. The best person for you to help is the one who is currently trapped in the very trenches where you were once stuck. The fact is, we're all in some spot in our journey. And if we're in synonymous career paths, if we're in the similar industry or the same niche or part of the same communities, everybody is somewhere along their journey. And so for us, this is where the trick really starts to highlight of how we can provide value, okay? So this is the full circle. As long as you haven't given up on your solo business journey, there's no doubt that you've learned a handful of things along your path. And so I encourage you to take the time to look back at the skills that you've developed along your journey. Because it's highly likely that you've learned a lot of important lessons and valuable skills simply by sticking to your plan and improving by 1% or 1% or 1% to 2% each and every day. If you stick to your plan and improve a little bit each day, there's so much value that you've gained and that you're holding within you that can then be positioned out to the world. You know, you don't have to try to learn in order to learn. I'll say that again because that's really key here. You don't have to put on your like student hat and like be going to school or taking an online course. You don't have to try to learn in order to learn. You just have to aim to improve and not give up on yourself. You will learn a lot by aiming for improvement and not giving up. And if you do this, it guarantees that each day you're going to build new skills and insights. And this was my big aha moment. It was that light bulb moment for me just a few years ago. It has not been that long. And it was the moment that I realized it doesn't matter how far along I am in my journey. There are people out there today struggling with the things that I too struggled with and found or created a solution for. You know, I was there and I had to get past it. So I either found the solution or I made myself a solution. And I can provide value to literally anyone who is even one day behind me in their journey. And I don't mean behind in a like a greater than or lesser than or better than or worse than type of way. Like I was just mentioning, it's just about where you're at on the timeline of your journey. You know, if somebody has already conquered the the staircase that 
that you're kind of faced with that you have to get through, whatever that is for you, the challenges, the hurdles, if somebody just is on the other side, even if they just just got to the top of that, like yesterday, they can still reach back and give you steps and examples or like show you the way up the path so that it's easier for you than it was for them. And you can provide that for anybody that's literally even one day or one moment behind you. It makes me think of, I don't even, it's not a quote, but just the whole saying of to, in order to teach, and I don't know how true this is because I'm not a teacher. I wouldn't at least claim that. I guess I am in some sort of weird, not, not specifically a teacher type of capacity. Um, But if you're learning some things from what I'm sharing, then I guess I am a teacher in some sense, uh, which is cool. And I have, I'm a dad, so I'm teaching them. Yeah, we're all teachers, right? But it's the whole thing of like traditional school teachers, right? Where you don't have to have the whole textbook memorized. You just have to be one chapter ahead of your students. And so I think that whole thing applies here. And I have a really cool quote that I put in the email newsletter version of this entry that you're watching or listening to here today. And it's by a quote from, it's a quote from a very wise man that you may recognize named John Wooden. He says, the most powerful leadership tool you have is your own personal example. And if you want to build an audience, we'll talk about audience building here for a moment. If you want people to not only pay attention to you, but stick around to continue to pay attention to you, the retention part of this where they start to hit subscribe, hit follow, you know, whatever it is, you have to possess leadership qualities. They see you as a leader in some capacity for them to want to follow you. If they don't see that from you, if they don't feel like you are that in whatever in whatever pond it is that you're playing this game in, if they don't see you as that, they're not gonna follow you. You have to, and and so I know for like, and the reason I say this is because a lot of solo business owners don't really think too much about the leadership component that is so, so required. And in some sense, I feel like the, the role of leadership in your solo business, like you as the leader for yourself and for your audience is even more pivotal, pivotal than like the traditional leadership when you think of high-level executive positions in these huge like corporate business structures, right? Leadership is really important and we're gonna talk on that in a different entry. But there is a trick that we're gonna get into now that's gonna help you immediately turn your progress into content and solutions. So not only does looking backwards help you decide what content to create, but will also reveal potential areas for you to build a product or a service that you could eventually offer to those who are currently struggling with the things that you once struggled with as well. Again, I'll use myself as the example. For instance, I went through a challenging phase last year in my solo business journey here, and I was struggling to enjoy freelancing. I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to build a long-term business on because I jumped into, long story short, full-time freelancing in email marketing started for me in 2019, did that for a few years. And this is where, as I'm mentioning now, I started to like not enjoy it as much. And I was like, do I create a, like an email marketing agency? I was like, I don't really want to do that business model, um, but I want to build like my own things. You know, so during that time of doubt, I was really interested in the creator business model, but I didn't understand the differences between working as a freelancer and what it took to be successful there versus working as a creator. 
and what it would take to be successful there. And so I began to study the difference between these two, these two paths that ultimately you're, it's kind of that fork in the road right at the beginning of your journey or anywhere if you're choosing to pivot where you say, do I want to sell my time? Do I want to create a service and sell that? Or do I want to build a product? Do I want to have an actual deliverable that doesn't require my time each time to service it, right? So you're either selling a product or you're selling a service. I guess we could just kind of simplify it that. So I was starting to study this and recognizing the distinct pros and cons between the two paths. And neither path is right or wrong. It's all based on the individual. And as I was learning this and started to, on the kind of on the backside, looking back towards that little chapter that I went through where I was really wrestling with all of this, I now had information and knowledge around why I made the decision that I made to start moving more towards the creator side of the business as opposed to being service-based. And I started to recognize those pros and cons and like what type of individual would be better cut out most likely for the freelancing path versus the creator path. And so with that in hand and in my head, that I just kind of recently learned, what I did is I put together a free quiz that's still available now. You can go over to evanshank.com and uh, it's I think there's a product and freebies tab that you can click into and it's in there. It's called the Creator Freelancer Quiz. I know, very clever. Uh, but I put together this quiz and it was essentially a lead magnet that would help others who might struggle with that same type of one-person business decision. Like, which one should I start? Or which, like, which path, I've done this, but I'm thinking about that, and which way should I go? Here's a quick, like, two-minute quiz that just kind of gives me, it's kind of like a personality test, but for this uh, little fork in the road that a lot of ourselves find ourselves in at one point or another. And so not only was I able to create something that I knew would be valuable, like, I knew it would be valuable for people because I wrestled with not knowing how to understand the two and what made them similar or different and which way I should go and why, so I knew it would be valuable, but it also served as one of the top performing email list building tactics that I've employed thus far. So I basically ran some Facebook ads, and then as people take the quiz, then there's a nurture series on either side. And for those that don't understand what I'm talking about there, I basically have like five or six follow-up emails that give them more context. So if they scored freelancer, then I have a bunch of like value-based emails, just like really just giving you free education on things to watch out for and things to consider and how to do this and how to avoid that. And then the same on the creator side. So now they're on my email list. I can continue to provide value, build that relationship. And then they're a part of my weekly Monday morning newsletter that goes out, which also turns into this video podcast that you're a part of right now. So that's a very good example of taking something that was my problem and as I solved my own problem, repackaging it in a way that helps other people, I knew it would be valuable because I wrestled with it, because I was in that trench. And so now other people for the rest of time can leverage the th <laughs> my experience in the thing that I provided because of my experience. Hopefully that's all making sense. And so although I pivoted here and there, I have now built checklists, quizzes, online courses, and digital tools based on what I used to struggle with. So what I did, here's the big, bold, underlying part for this section, is what I did was package my own solutions 
in a way that becomes solutions for others. You can create content on this, and obviously, you make products out of this as well. If you can save your audience time, stress, or money on a big scale or even a micro scale, you will easily be able to build an engaged following where many of them will become customers eventually. And this is really the win-win scenario for all involved. They feel like you're doing them a favor. They feel like you're really helping them along and saving them the time, the stress, or the money that it costs you on your journey. And you're leveraging and experience the things that you've already done as ammo and as fuel for the things that you will build now and build into the future. And the beauty of it, <laughs> even on top of it, you know, for the triple, and now it's a win-win-win, is recognize that each day that you're not giving up and you're trudging forward with an aim for improvement, even on a micro level, each day you're adding more expertise, more experience, more stories to what your journey is. And so now you become more valuable and now you have more things that you can then offer to other people. So hopefully that's making sense. And I want to start wrapping this up and saying like, okay, now you have to, here's some like tactical priming questions that you can ask yourself. Because with everything you've learned along your journey about yourself, your niche, business, sales, et cetera, what I want you to do, I encourage you to begin to conduct like your own Q&A with yourself using the following prompts, okay? So I'm gonna rattle off a bunch of questions for you. And once again, you can get the text version of this at evanshank.com in the article section. This is Eminem number 56. And uh, it's all out there written for you. And if you are on the email list, which you can opt in for with your first name and your email over at evanshank.com, uh, then you can re be receiving this in your, uh, in your inbox every single Monday morning. And you have it right there in front of you. And it's also linked to this video podcast. So it's a nice little full circle, huh? Here are the questions you could start to ask yourself to figure out how you can package your past successes, your past problems into something that you can then use as content or offers, okay? What tool do you wish existed that doesn't yet or that didn't yet? Did you create something to help yourself? Who did you look to for advice back when you were struggling with X, Y, or Z? What was the challenge in finding them? How come you didn't already know they were there? What was, where was that breakdown? These are just some priming questions to get your gears turning. What did you use to procrastinate on and why? How did you get over this? Do you have a custom workflow or a system or a database that you swear by that you had to build because you couldn't find a solution for it? You might be tapping into some gold right there if, if, if you have some things kind of starting to float into your head right now. What were some of the first roadblocks that you had when you were getting started in your business and how did you get over this? Like, go back and reflect on what were those first sticking points for you? How'd you get past it? Really think about what you did. What was the advice that was given to you? What, what tools were you leveraging? Or what did you have to build for yourself to help you get out of it? What, do you have a unique solution that you found that saves you time, energy, or money in your business? Obviously, pretty nail on the head right there. Um, that could very well be positioned into content and offers uh, for your audience that you want to continue to build. Two more questions. What questions or headaches did you have that took you too long to find an answer to? And why did it take so long? And the final question is, 
What helps you make the daily decisions that your business requires you to make? And do you have a process? Is that a proprietary process? Is that a process that if you were to share it with people, that they would find valuable? All right, so hopefully your gears are turning and we're starting to put some action into kind of taking away everything we've talked about and starting to put some legs on it so it can actually help you. Soon what you'll find is that you have a list of problems and the solutions that you come up with that have worked for you. And remember, if you've struggled with a problem, big or small, in the past, it's incredibly likely that there are others wrestling with that exact same hurdle right now. You've learned a lot. You've conquered many things. Big or small, a problem is still a problem. The best solo businesses are built by normal people conquering real problems and providing their solution to those in need. This happens and it can take the form of content that you bring to the world and also offers, things that you sell, things that you provide, things that you monetize that then turn your business into something that can continue to grow and help more people. And then everything else that you've ever wanted to accomplish in your life can become accessible and doable because you've built a successful, sustainable business. Hope this helps you today. And until next time, peace. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more content on this channel ready for you right now. If you're catching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave because that simple action exponentially helps this channel grow. I value your time and attention. So thank you for sticking around. You're the best. And until next time, peace.